Hello and welcome to Ramjack and the Logbook of Moral Turpitude. Hello everyone, I'm Alex and joining me today in the Ramjack studio is my co-host and friend, Brad. Hi, how's it going? How are you? Hi. It goes well. Uh, obviously, we need a weather report because it's the first of the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's about four to six inches of snow outside. Fuck you. I hate you. I, guess what? It's there's not nine, me, man. Guess, guess, guess what the weather is here? Mediocre. Sunny? Kind of cool, but not good enough. Um, there's sunlight. <laughs> it's not good enough. There's sunlight in the day. Uh, that's about it. You need an Ernest Saves Christmas miracle to where it snows in Florida. I really do. Um, also, don't blame me, friend. Don't hate me. Hate Polar Vortex, obviously, because it's oh, his fault. Fuck you, Polar He's Vortex. He's trolling those, those Mormon message boards a little too much. Oh, that's right. <laughs> My evil plan. <laughs> Sorry. I got a funion caught in my throat. <laughs> Direct the hate, Polar Vortex. And Brad. Guys, we got a great show for you today. We are uh, rounding out season two of Perfect Strangers later. Woo. Last episode of the season two, Up on That Roof. Oh my gosh, Up on the Roof. It's an interesting episode. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Say the least. Mm. Um, let's see. Uh, beyond that, there's like tons of other news and stuff. Um, you know Ram Jack. Never a dull moment. Truth. So let's get things started, Brad. Um, br- Brad, you sent me a, a link to a blog. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that the title is Sports Mom Survival Guide Blog. Yeah. First string ideas and tips to help you manage sports mom life. Oh, boy. Guys, listen. You know I hate Facebook. More than anything, I hate the people on Facebook. More than anything, I hate the people that um, are labeled as friends on Facebook because they post some bullshit. <laughs> And uh, this is one of those things. Brad, I, I would like to say everyone who's a part of the Ramjack Facebook group, which everyone should be, Brad is not talking about you particularly no, at all. No, not you. you I, all the guys in the Ramjack it's Facebook given. group, I like all of you guys. Yeah, you I can't say that great. for every group that I'm in. Uh, keep in mind, two people on the line going to get pushed off that cliff eventually. Hmm. Um, but everyone in the Ramjack group, you're great. Uh, but this, uh, well, this is a little article called Why I Took My Kids' Electronics Away. <sighs> and we all survived, because she put the title twice, but once with a cute little, like, thing at the end. I I don't know. It's bullshit. First of all, how many times do you need to write the title of your article? But, whatever. Um, I just thought we could read through this here. Um, as summer has moved along... My boys have started to slip into an electronics coma, exclamation point. I understand that she's she's being playful with words. What what would electronics coma be, Brad? Um I don't I think it's silly. Go ahead. After sleeping in most mornings, if they aren't off to a camp or an appointment or something previously scheduled, they are really good about getting in their daily run and exercise routine and then getting their list of chores done. What happens after that is when things fall apart. Already fuck you. <laughs> so they've done all their shit they're supposed to do, and, like, now you're pissed off. First of all, they're doing their shit, so, like, what's wow. the, there's no problem, crazy their person. daily run and exercise routine, and then they get their chores done. Look, they're really good about it when they're not shipped off away from home. Huh. Little brats. 
I am blessed to be a wham. That's W-A-H-M. Work at home mom. Ellipses. So let me just read that as she intends it. <laughs> I am blessed to be a wham. Which mean, which really means I try to run a pretty good balancing act in the summer. Which, mean, which really means I try to run a pretty good balancing act in the summer. Is that what that means? No. That's not what that means. That means you're a work-at-home mom. We already understand what that means. <laughs> um, work, kids, camps, at work, kids, camps, etc. I have the flexibility to run to the pool for the afternoon or take the kids to the park, comma, etc., comma, nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> That's too much punctuation. We got a comma, etc. Um, of course, it's uh, abbreviated with a, in the period, then there's a comma. So, comma, etc., period, comma. Start a new sentence. Um, but there are many days I really need to be in the office. This means the kids need to entertain themselves, exclamation point. Well clearly not a problem they're getting their shit done like they entertain themselves like what's your deal at the beginning of the summer they did pretty well finding things to do but as summer but as the summer as 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 the summer as rolled along i have found them slipping to the basement too often for some time on the xbox or grabbing an ipad and realizing two hours later they are still on it are sitting down to play a little minecraft on the computer and then there goes the afternoon yeah, yeah. well they were playing xbox for two hours that's how you play an xbox <laughs> You can play an Xbox for less than two hours? I didn't... How do you play a video game that... for, like... I, I, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but already, like, she, they've done all their shit. They've done their... And they've exercised. Like, they also have, like, gotten this in is... they run and exercise. So, I really, like... I don't understand what the complaint is. They're set for the day. I mean, at this point, it's all... I mean, physical activity, they got it. Well, Alex... Let them play their games. It's here, summer vacation, right? Here comes bold italics text. See, so it's about to get serious. <laughs> These sweet boys are surrounded by electronics that are hurting their minds, crushing their creativity, and killing their social skills. What? What? (laughs) Really? It's just so easy to pick up an electronic. (laughs) It's so easy to pick up an electronic. Period. It takes no thought. Period. It takes no effort. (laughs) What? Clearly a woman who has never played a video game. Especially Minecraft. That's, That's digital Legos. Of course, from there, from them, I hear that I am the only mom who doesn't let her boys have an iPhone or iPad in their hands in the car or bring it to their brother's baseball game. Two exclamation points. My boys tease me about earning the Mean Mom Award. Two exclamation points. I simply respond with the fact that it is the award I was trying to earn and simply remind them that they need to look out the car window and watch their brothers play baseball. Ugh. What? It's important to be aware of the world around us and not have their faces stuck in front of a screen. Bitch, um, what? <laughs> what's important to look out the car window? What are they going to see? Garbage? What? <laughs> Wait a minute. I tell them that that's the award I've been wanting. Well, your congratulations because you're you're gaming for pretty hardcore. But and then to look out the car window and watch their brother play baseball. Yeah. Why are you sitting in a car and watching someone play baseball? I think it's intended that those are supposed to be separate items. But because of her lackadaisical use of punctuation and sentence structure, it's questionable. In my mind, I really thought we've got to the point where uh, <laughs> suburbs have outlawed bleachers, and now it's a drive-in baseball game. Yes. Honk, <laughs> honk. 
<laughs> oh boy. Anytime someone hits a home run. <laughs> it's just it's just car horns. I would not put anyone that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That if it's not if it hasn't already happened wherever this lady resides. Uh, do we have a place for them at all? I, I don't know. We're, well, let's let's keep going. So now, comma. So now, it's time I cracked down at home too. The hour limit somehow got thrown out the window this summer, but it's back with a vengeance! Exclamation point. It was much too hard for me to keep track of who has been on what electronic. Stop saying electronic. On what electronic and for how long. <laughs> I decided to revert back to a system I used with the kids. I used with the kids were little. I used with the kids were little. Electronic tickets. <laughs> now she's just muddling up her own words. Oh boy. Because <laughs> if you're referring to all devices as an electronic and then you're calling something an electronic ticket, you, yeah. what are you doing? Each kid gets an hour of electronics a day. Uh, are they Amish? What are you talking about, you crazy person? They can choose how they want to use their hour. It's simple and straightforward. Straightforward, separate words. I color code everything for my boys. Oh, I'm sure they love that. So I printed them each a set that coincides with their color. <laughs> I, I don't know. what I, uh, I'll tell you, the picture here shows blue, red, and green. I guess they have a favorite color. I guess that's their color, I guess. Otherwise, like, you, I don't know. You have some weird children. I don't know what's going on. We keep a jar in the kitchen that has their tickets. They grab a ticket bring it to me, set a timer, and off they go for their electronic time. <gasps> this is going to get really awkward when they become, like, proper teenagers. Ironically, I have to share what happened when I was in the midst of creating their electronic tickets. <laughs> One of the boys came to my office and saw what I was doing, and I'm sure he had flashbacks of the last time we used them because his response was, Oh no, not those again. <laughs> <laughs> I proceeded to holler to all the boys that we were going to have a mom and son meeting in 15 minutes. God, you're the fucking worst Nazi. I hate Wait. you. Less than five minutes later, a boy comes sneaking in my office with the delivery he places on my desk! Exclamation point. Followed by footsteps of all of them running to the basement to hit the Xbox one last time before our little meeting. Get a load of the letter... Exclamation point. The boys sure know how to make me laugh and fill my heart with joy. Um, we have, like, a stuffed animal, and there's an index card with a note. Um, and by the way, it's made out to moms, by the way. It's just made out Heather Martinez. <laughs> or Moritz, I guess. Um, they call her their mother Heather. Yeah. Dear Heather, Cole and Luke and... I'm reading the child note. It's child writing, but... It's probably just as legible as their mother's. Um, Cole and Luke and Grant cannot attend this meeting. They are trying to find diamonds on Minecraft to build a an enchanted table. We need to enchant our iron sword so we can kill zombies, creepers, etc. Sincerely, the boys! Exclamation point. We hate when you scream that all the time. This is amazing. <laughs> These are these kids taking a stand. Yeah. I love that, okay, like, no. the boys is all caps, exclamation point. Because they know. Like, that's their life. Oh, fuck this bitch. I also love that they're sneaking in a tiny lie. We need to enchant our iron sword so we can kill zombies and creepers and such. You don't need to enchant things to kill those things. They got one up on mom already. What has happened in the days since the unlimited electronics got taken away? 
The creativity blossomed! Exclamation point. They Doubt remember it. how to entertain themselves. They interact with each other. Brad, now it could be me, but wasn't the process of all of them going to the basement to play a video game <laughs> not only entertaining themselves, mm-hmm. but also an interactive activity? Yeah. Also, they're already doing camps and sports and exercising and chores and all of their shit that they gotta do. Um, like, if this wasn't, like, cuckoo bananas psychotic already, let me just read the next sentence. <clears throat> Uh, remember, they creatively blossom, they remember how to entertain themselves, they interact with each other. <clears throat> they are dumpster diving. Holy shit. In the dumpster from the house that is getting built next door to us. To find materials for the homemade go-kart they are building. This is a positive for you? Your good thing is like, oh, my kids were playing video games that were creative and made them think and solve problems for over an hour at a time. But now, luckily, they're dumpster diving at like a construction site to steal shit? To make a go-kart that they can kill themselves with? Cool. Well, you know, they're gonna get, the go-kart's gonna get police with tickets. Oh, definitely. <laughs> to get the go-kart time, you're gonna need to get your go-kart tickets. Five, five minutes of go-kart kids. time. Not, not those again, Jesus. Oh, and this is accompanied with lots of photos. They are reading, and then we have a, a photo of a kid reading a book with, like, a super cute dog. Like, I wanna snatch that dog up. They are baking dessert for dinner without being asked. Oh. So this is, this is what's... You're forcing your children to make dessert for you? Yeah. You know, it'd be really nice if someone made dessert for us. Mom, I just finished my run. My second run today. I did all the chores. Why don't you make me dessert? They are playing knockout. Ellipses, no space, together! Two exclamation points. What's knockout? It sounds It sounds dangerous. It does. A lot. Well, dude, dumpster diving on a new house being oh, yeah. built, that's rusty all nails. kinds of bad news. Best case scenario, um, rusty nails. Knockout, yeah, best case scenario. I think knockout is like a, bo- like a board game. Oh, are they? Oh, is it? Okay. All right. I honestly don't know. Well, better than what I assumed. Um, they are boys doing what boys should do, exclamation point. This is what makes a mama's heart happy, exclamation point. Want to try electronic tickets with your kids? Grab the link below to download the tickets you would like to use. Alright, and now the, the shit that's that's here that you can click. Um, there's 30-minute electronic tickets and 15-minute electronic tickets. What? What have you ever done with an electronic for 15 minutes? Um, as a child, not much. Nothing. As an adult, quite a bit, because, I mean, we live a different life now with the way that, I guess casual gaming has come around you could play for 30 minutes and be fine but 15 but not when you're a kid 15 well not minecraft oh, no 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 nothing minecraft these kids want to do at least locked in for an hour you can't do any like i it's like i don't understand there's this all this fucking bullshit about like oh kids staring at screens it's so bad like what are you talking about like kids are so much more literate now because they're always reading things because they got machines that have to be read yeah um it's just weird People didn't have it when they were younger, and for some reason, I guess some millennials got 
I guess, co-opted into the older mentality of this is new and different. We should be scared of it. Kids didn't need electronics back when we were kids. Yeah, well, you're going to make your kids dumb and you're giving them a huge disadvantage by not letting them play like an hour or two or four a day yeah. on electronic devices. It's, they have to do that now. The future is all electronics. It's summer. Like, they've got all the time in the world. Like, yeah. And, like, the thing is, like, if she were saying, like, yeah, they aren't doing anything and they're just, like, laying around, like, playing games. But, like... We, we, we've got, like, she's already, like, this crazy, psychotic, over-the-top mom that has, like, enforced, like, exercise routines and, like, all these, like, events and bullshit. Like, why are you gonna, like, what do you, like, I, you can't, you're, you're pissed off because your kids were playing a video game for more than an hour at a time? That's what brought this on? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like, right now, we're up in a school year, and, like... There's a straight-up eight-year-old in this house that I'm pretty sure works in four hours of Minecraft a day. Regardless. <laughs> regardless. Regardless. <laughs> and it's still getting shit done. Like, um, what do you... you what, what? Like, this is insane. Like, why, do you, why is it better that your kids play in a dumpster than, like... What is good about your kids playing in a dumpster? I, I'm, st- I'm stumped right there. They're going to become handy, Brad. They're going to build a go-kart. Are they? I'm not sure how. Without an engine, are they gonna break? Are they gonna buy a lawnmower engine? Are they gonna yeah repurpose one? I distinctly remember um, wanting to build a go kart at some point. Um, hell, we all did. Yeah, every child wants to build a go kart. Um, and like you know, I had like the woodshed, like with like junk wood and things. Like I was really, but guess what? Couldn't make a go kart because guess what? You need like an engine and wheels and like more than just wood scraps and rusty nails. By the way, like lots of injuries from all those rusty nails in the creepy fucking shed. Dude, um, I remember as kids we tried to make a hang glider. Nice. Um. So we got some sticks and sheets, and it just couldn't work. So then we strapped a uh, a weird lawn chair to a girl's back and had her jump out of a car. <laughs> we said, okay, no, no, run off the roof. It'll. It, they're like, are you sure? I think we had a rope tied to her waist, so like we thought it would work like a kite. It didn't. <laughs> Thankfully, no one was hurt. Nice. We tried. Nice. But we still played video games as a kid. I mean, come on. Yes. I still had my Game Boy. It didn't. I played that, and then I was done playing it, and then I played something else. Yeah. I just dis- I distinctly remember a summer of playing Super Mario Brothers three like morning, yeah. noon, and night like getting through that thing. Did you ever? Did it take the whole summer to beat it? It took a Free long game? damn time, dude. That's a long game. Yeah, and that did was. Did you use the whistles or did you like go straight through? Because if straight, no, you got to do it straight through. Come on. Nice. Like I can hated that third world and pipe uh, world. They were so hard. It's a nightmare. It's a straight up nightmare. Um, but like the thing is, like and like and also those were the days where you couldn't turn off the Nintendo. <laughs> you just to leave it on and be like, nobody touch it. <laughs> Which uh failed a couple of times. No The power went out. No days of work. <laughs> that would be the that is awesome. Yeah. Every time a thunderstorm comes by, fuck, 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 fuck you. No, yeah. Bowser, I, mean, I will have you. I will have you. I mean, it's like, sure, like have your kids do other things, but like, like you, like your kids are already on top of everything. That's what blows my mind. And like, yeah, you can't let your kids have fun for an hour or two hours. I, your kids are playing sports. They have to sit in a car with you while they do it. I don't understand that part at all, no. or why they spectate. You have them exercise and do chores every day, which you know, sure, that's sure. great. Give them something. 
Yeah, like this, I, and again, these are different times. When we were younger, video games were more entertainment. And yeah, if they were playing like six or eight hours of video games a day, maybe try to talk to them about not doing that because that's anything in excess sure. is not a good for you. But let them play Minecraft for two hours. Again, yeah. it's a very creative, it's explored. You explore stuff. People have built really neat things in Minecraft. It's Legos, digital. I guarantee it's more educational and stimulating than playing in a goddamn fucking dumpster or playing Knockout, whatever the fuck that is. I'm still not sure what that is. Like, part of me wants to think it's like... See, now in my mind, it was Don't Break the Ice, the game. So now I know it's not a board game. You have to look this up. Because I thought Knockout. Oh, that game where you have to knock out the ice and not make it... But it's not that, Alex. Playing Knockout game. Oh... The knockout. Oh, no, this is, is this not. Fight club? This, is, this is the right thing. Oh, the first thing Wikipedia points out. I, all right, this is it. We're just going to pretend, whatever, this is it. Wikipedia says it so. <laughs> this article is about the form of assault. Uh, the knockout game is one of many games given, many, many names given by American news media outlets to assault which one or more assailants attempts to knock out an unsuspecting victim. Often with a single sucker punch, all for the amusement of the attackers and their accomplices. <laughs> Worst mom. And they're playing knockout together. Hmm. Watch out and get Billy. Wait, wait, wait till he comes around. Hey, call for him. Billy. What? What's going on? Who? Hey, you guys playing Minecraft? Yeah. <laughs> hey, mom, come look at this. Oh, kids. Um, apparently, there's also, um, according to Wikipedia, there's another game called Knockout that's also a variant of basketball, but that's not what came up first, so... Like, horse or something? I don't know. Sounds dumb. I'm. These kids are beating each other up because, it's, like, their mother makes them horse. fight for approval or some such nonsense. Knockout You'd, game. Hey, if hey, if if you make if you make a hey Cade, if a Luke and Grant are unconscious, you can take their tickets. You can take their tickets. You can have a whole forty-five minutes of game playing. Would you like that? All you have to do is knock at your brothers. And one of these days, you go too far, you kill them, and I'll be free. I'll be free of you. What? Hmm? Watch your brothers out the window. Like, I, this is just, I, I, this is maddening. Like, this is like some helicopter parent bullshit. Yeah, that's weird. It's just, like, calm down. Your kids are fine. You're making your kids dumb. Yeah. Well, Brad, let's use this as an opportunity to, um, I guess, segue into some news around the world. There was a poll done by Yahoo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a survey of Japanese teenagers and it revealed that high school girls put in 7 to 15 hours a day on their phones, and high school boys put in a respectable 4 hours a day on their mobile devices, on average. Okay. That makes total sense to me. I, this this article is saying that that's something crazy, but I thought this was... I read this and thought, okay, and I was waiting for the article to tell me something else. Right. And they were just like, yep, there you go. And I thought, I what? who isn't spending 15 hours a day on their cell phone? How many hours a day do you, do you spend on a device, Brad? I I mean, like, and also, what are you considering time spent on it? Because it's like it's just a part of your life. You're always connected to it. Like, I'm. Yeah, 
am I am I texting? Am I talking to someone? That's the primarily what I do on it. But I also use it as a calculator sometimes. Yeah. I use it as a media device. To listen to music. Like it's a multifaceted thing. It's not like yeah. like I'm I'm listening to podcasts constantly. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm probably using it in a in a less social way than these people. These people, these like teenagers, are probably communicating with each other, which is social interaction, which is probably even better. Um, in this article, they kind of geared, they start kind of taking the bent that people have phone addictions, and this is proof of it. And I think these people are just dumb and don't realize that phones are the thing now. That's how Deal the world it. works, yeah. It's one of the many ways we interact with each other. Yeah. It's not ruining their brains that it's a healthy, okay thing. 15 hours is kind of excessive, but when I thought about it, I spend at least eight hours a day on a computer at work. Yeah. If we're talking about devices, that intermingled with everything else. Like, I'm standing in front of a computer right now talking to Brad. Yeah. Like, Without it, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast. No, it's, I, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I mean, I'm usually doing other things, but yeah, I'm using devices while I yeah, do tools. everything. Like, my shaving. Well, that's the thing, I'm I also guess. listening to something on my iPod. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, there's nothing wrong. Well, okay, yeah, you're right. I There's a lot of things, like... They get muddied there where people will talk about, well, 15 hours of using it as a tool and, like, entertainment is one thing, but using 15 hours purely for entertainment is another. Eh. <laughs> I don't know about that at all. It's 2015. Like, we have devices, and we make use of them. Yeah. So, Maybe we um, should, should we be playing in dumpsters instead? Is that what the world wants? That's what the world wants. Let me tell you something else that's happening, dude. Um, there's an app called Pocket Points. Uh, that rewards students for not looking at their phones during school. So basically, students at schools are encouraged to download this. Um, and once they get into school, the app geolocates them at school, and then it starts. And for every 20 minutes they don't look at their phone, they earn points that they can redeem at restaurants and clothing stores. It's an incentive not to look at your phone during school. I, but I know, man. What? 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 Like, wait, why do we just... Why do we have to have this knee-jerk assumption that, like, oh, we shouldn't be using these things this much? We should be using these things all the time. We, I, I want to live in a world that is, like, just all together tacked out. Like, put... Give me Google Glass contacts and, like, let's make it happen. <laughs> I... I kind of agree, Brad. Like, yeah. I... We're all let's cyborgs stop now. technology and let's just... Embrace it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not your enemy. It's helping you do things. We're, we're cyborgs. It's just we, we just have to carry around dumb things now. Pretty soon instead they'll of, just be in us. Yeah. Instead of making kids not look at their phone and giving them a reward, give them a reward for using their phone. Yeah. Try to find ways to incorporate it into school because you have to. Because that's the world we live in now. If your kids aren't learning about them or experiencing these devices, they're going to be left behind. And, like, there's nothing bad that comes of it. Like, it's, and I just, oh. that's, that's the weird, this, this, this assumption, like, oh, people need to stop using these things. Oh, they're spending all their time on these devices, blah. Like, what, what is the negative? What is the negative? Like, they're ruining their eyes. I The studies are inconclusive on that, guys. I've read a lot of them. Yeah. And let me tell you, retina display devices are basically just... As far as resolution goes, it's like looking at a print magazine. It's yeah. just, it's lit. Like, it has backlighting. It's it's not an eyesore. You're not ruining your eyes by looking at devices all the time. No. 
Now, there is some studies that say, I mean, obviously you need to look up, you need to vary your view distance. So like having a phone up to your face forever is kind of bad because you need to also be able to focus far distances. But I mean, that's not going to happen overnight or even over the course of years. I mean, it's, that'll come after a decade or two of not doing it. Guys, it's just, just embrace technology. Yeah. Let's get out of those dumpsters. Get out of the Stop playing dumpsters. knockout Ugh, and stop. ascend to the cloud. <laughs> stop trying to kill your brothers or play in a dumpster. First of all, you're not going to find anything in a dumpster to build a go-kart out of. That's just a fact. That house doesn't have any wheels in it. They're like, oh, let's throw these wheels out from this house. Oh, let's get rid of this engine from a house. Nope. Uh, though I have read that... um. There is an initiative. The same guys who do Tesla, the cars, mm-hmm. Tesla Roadsters, they are trying. They're, they're starting a new program in California. Well, they will help you put solar cells on your roof and you kind of rent them. Mm-hmm. But it's like super cheap. And then you have a battery in your house that stores energy. And of course, it just produces tons and tons of energy. And then it stores it for when maybe the, it's a cloudy day. But then it sells that excess energy to um, the network, like the actual like power grid. And this has utility companies freaking the fuck out, obviously, because mm-hmm. the one thing they had was we have monopoly on your power, as odd as that sounds, even though it is regulated pretty heavily. Oh, yeah. It's still a monopoly in, in most cases. And they also buy back energy from these places at like a huge markup, which is kind of awesome. Uh-huh. But that's pretty soon, Brad. Maybe houses will have engines that people can go in and grab. Electric engines. There's, there's not, there's not going to be any. Not now. There's nothing in a dumpster from building a house that a kid's going to be able to build a go-kart out of. That's not just now. a fact. Ever. In the future, Brad says ever. Because he's he's going, he doesn't think this is going to take off. I don't think Alex. Uh, if I am proven houses. if I am proven wrong, um, well, you will win. You will win, and I will wins. lose. As soon as somebody's like throwing away wheels from a new house <laughs> and an engine and like uh, brakes, <laughs> that's a challenge. There, that's <laughs> this a, is a really weird house. We should have. There should be a show on the Knights Network. Uh, Brad's challenges are, are some sort of like the impossible and there's team brave and team hearts and nice. they have to make a car <laughs> out of what they can find inside a house I fashioned I some wheels the house like make wheels oh no nah, told them they couldn't do it <laughs> you have 48 hours do it team that actually would be pretty sweet um, so, Alex, you know, I've been uh, in the uh, publishing game as of late. Um, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a copy of Eastbound Jungle. It's a, it's a delightful play, uh, critically acclaimed and beloved. If you wanted to read a dark drama about hobos, I would recommend purchasing this. In print or digital. Hmm. Um, just go to chaosadam.com. Um, but... You know, I was looking around some other uh, books that were available on the digital side, and I came across something that is fucking terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we talked about that weird dinosaur porn. Yeah. Well, I found what is, uh, it's, this is in the uh, subsection, uh, Kindle Store, Kindle eBooks, Literature and Fiction, Erotica, LGBT, Lesbian, um... It's a little book. It's called Eat Fresh, Flo, Jan, and Wendy, and the $5 Footlong. This is the most fucking illegal thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) What we've got here, and uh, this is this weird fucking, like, 
erotica about flow from the progressive commercials um windy from the windy's commercials and jan who's apparently from the toyota commercials who i have no i have no fucking clue who she is um never heard of her either yeah now i of i know of course i've had to purchase this because it's insane <laughs> you um, this? of course i did it's like it's like two dollars and fifty cents you should read the synopsis that's on uh, Amazon oh, yeah. because it's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, I will. But first, I'd like to tell you about the cover, or at least the cover when I s- discovered this thing. Um, it's th- like she straight up like photoshopped these women's heads onto like other people's bodies. And I'm like, you can't do that. You can't take actual people's heads and Photoshop them onto these, like, bikini bodies. Like, this is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. I will say this. I didn't realize they were Photoshopped Mm -hmm. when I first saw it. Why? Because when I first looked at it, I thought, because it was a small graphic in the corner of my browser, I said, huh, someone took a lot of, someone spent a lot of money to get someone who was really good at portraits to do this. (laughs) That must have been the weirdest, like, request for a freelancer ever. Uh Like, I love your work and everything. Hi, do you you know Jan off the Toyota commercials and Wendy? I got a cover I want you to do. Um, The new one, of course, isn't as... No, I sent you an email with the original cover. Um, and now I'll have it in my email. You will. It's uh, the, forever. The subject of the email is illegal because this is the most illegal thing in the fucking world. Yeah. Like, it's it's 31 pages as all of this weird Kindle porn is. Like, I, like, I, I think I read, like, a page of it and I was like, this is just as bizarre as I thought it would be. Um, here's the description. Jesus Christ. It is photoshopped. I, oh yeah. From a distance, I just my bad. Yeah, it's it's not even it's not even it's mediocre Photoshop. It's mediocre Photoshop, but God, in the Jan lady. Yeah, I know it's Jan because it's the only one that I don't recognize from the television commercials. Right. They photoshopped her neck so weird that it looks like she's got like an alien double jointed neck. Yeah. Like it doesn't look right. Yeah. I I, I don't even know which one of them is the worst. Like it's bad all the way around. Um, well, they took they took about a decade off of flow, right? In this Photoshop, so. like Flo's <laughs> looking a lot younger than she should be. Yeah, I don't. I it's it's fucking weird. Um, here's the description. Um, this is a quote. God damn, marketing events are bitch. <laughs> marketing events are bitch. Well, you you are a bitch. I think is what you're going for. But okay. Um, and so begins the adventure of our three protagonists. Jan, Flo, and Wendy, the three hottest stars of the contemporary TV commercial scene. Flo from Progressive, Jan from Toyota, and Wendy from Wendy's are stuck at a boring PR event. They're being paid handsomely to sit by a pool in their skimpy bathing suits, sip cocktails, and look pretty for the guests. No, 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 no. Um, the money is great. How weird PR event is this? The money is great, but Flo and Jan are bored to tears. Soon, <laughs> How many times are they going to say that? Look, they're getting paid well. They're getting paid really well. It's okay. They consented to this. It's fine. Soon. Like a lot. Soon they are acting out and making shy, proper Wendy miserable. <laughs> After a confrontation with Wendy's agent, the girls take it upstairs to Flo's hotel room. There they discover the pleasure of each other's bodies while playing a fun game with the TV. 
as well as the only $5 footlong that Jared from Subway bothered to bring to the event. Wangity wangity. <laughs> Find out what happens in this heart-pounding, sexy, and funny story. Ellipses. Unnecessary ellipses. <laughs> and catch a peek behind the curtain of the business side of Hollywood in this all-too-true fictional expose by Lacey Noonan, exclamation point. Catch a peek behind the curtain of the business side of Hollywood? I don't think so. In this all-too-true fictional expose. All-too-true fictional expose. Guys, the digital list price is three bucks, but if you get it on Kindle right now, you save 48 cents because it's at $2.51. Oh, I think get I may, on it. I may Brad downloaded it. Um, right, now, you've only read the first few pages. Yeah. Does it get better than the synopsis? I, I mean, it's... What it's, is this... It is What's exactly, the only five inches? It's exactly what... What? I'm, what are the five inches that Jared bothered to bring along? Um, well, I assume Jared being a subway mogul, it's, surely it's a, a foot-long sandwich. I mean, yeah, right? It's called Eat Fresh. Yeah. I don't know. I may have to download it. I this, don't know. I This is bonkers. What am I talking about? This is so <laughs> illegal. Like, you can't, you can't just, like, take people from commercials and, like, Photoshop them onto a book cover. How is this being sold? Like, I... There's one review, um, and it is it is a five star review from January sixth. Can someone confirm that this is a real thing? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I'm freaking tickled pink by the cleverness of this title and basically the whole concept. Clever wordplay abounds, and the story is hotter than a piping foot long chicken and bacon ranch sub fresh from the oven. Gross. <laughs> But the cover baffles me. I'm no expert in copyright infringement, but can you really just take photos from the internet and Photoshop them on random bodies and then use that as the cover art for something you're going to sell? Especially when those faces are company spokeswomen. If if it's all on the up and up, and I truly hope it is, then mark this in the win column for Lacey Noonan. Keep them coming, Lacey. Oh, and uh, again, guys, she has changed the cover. Yes. Um, but like, still, I don't think you can do this. Like, I just, so, I like you. You really, really can't do this. It's just, I, I find it hilarious though. I, I, it's brilliant because I fucking bought it because it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I'm sure other people have bought it because it's fucking ridiculous. Um, even though there is that only that one review, but still, um. I congratulate and scold you, Lacey Noonan. Guys, if I could read you her biography that's included, because I'm sure they want to know a little bit about Lacey Noonan here. Um, she lives on the East Coast with her husband and dog. The dog thinks it's a cat. Come to think of it, that could go for Lacey, too, in terms of licking and heavy petting. Oh Whoa. Oh We're not sipping on fine whiskeys and whipping up some killer veggie tacos. She loves to read and write steamy, strange, silly, psychological, and sexy stories. She loves wordplay and foreplay in equal measure. I just, I gotta, I've gotta stop right there just because, like, she fucked up her alliteration. And I, that's steamy, strange, silly, psychological, and sexy stories. Like, I, put psychological last. You, I know, same sound, but you can't, you can have a P in there. That, that sentence looks bad. I don't like it. Fix it. It gets weird. It gets weird. Sexy, steamy, steamy, strange, silly, sexy, and psychological. That's perfect. Fix that. Obviously. I mean, obviously. Come on. Um... Yeah, in her spare time, uh, which is her day job, she's a web designer and developer 
For more information on Lacey Noonan, why not slither oh. your browser snake? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> One of her websites. Oh. Lacey Noonan. Hey, keep them coming, Lacey. That is hilarious. Can I tell? Brad, I'm not going to ask how you found this. I, 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 think, I think I've had it on Twitter. Somebody posted it because it's fucking hilarious. Sports um, Moms blogs. <laughs> eat fresh. I don't need to know listen, where you come across this. Let me. Can I just tell you a title of one of her other books? Oh, please. I don't care if my best friend's mom is a Sasquatch. She's hot. And I'm taking a shower with her. <laughs> How much money has she made? Can we contact she's, this girl? Like, she's got to be making, like, all the money. Like, because, I mean, this is amazing. Um, this is fucking amazing. Please look at that Sasquatch book. Look at the cover. Because it's amazing. Oh, Wait. oh, there's, it's also, I'm taking a shower with her. Ellipses, because it's the new millennium. <laughs> Are there any reviews on that? Oh, Does that gentleman, come back and let's see if there are reviews on that. Oh, there are reviews. Five stars. It's somewhere between Ulysses and iPad for Dummies. Closer to the latter, though. Um, cheeky surprise. Okay. So I have to tell you, I started reading this book on a lark because the title had me cracking up, yet still unsure whether the author was in on the joke or not, because she, of course she's in on the joke. She's she's a marketing genius. I'm going to give this to Lacey Noonan. She's a criminal, and I, I don't like her illegal tactics, but she is a marketing genius. Um, because, well, because people you think are sometimes aren't, oh, any hoodle, oh, fuck you, fuck you for writing any hoodle, (laughs) any hoodle, it's frigging hilarious, and the author is clearly aware of it. From the copyright pirate warning, to the chapter headings, to the line after line of really funny prose, this short is full of whip-sharp dialogue and clever turns of phrase. There are some grammar issues that could be addressed, question mark? Probably yes. Right back at ya. It didn't even bother me. I was so charmed by the rest. Good show, Miss Noonan. Jolly good show. Who <laughs> are these people writing reviews for her? Uh-oh, uh, one-star review. So embarrassed. Worthless. Not sure how I even purchased this book. <laughs> but I did hit the margaritas pretty hard several weeks ago. I hope that is why. How embarrassing. And this purchase on my record aces me out of any chance at Supreme Court. Ouch. I hope that was the reason why. <laughs> you um, don't know the reason? You assume it's the margaritas? Hey, cool daddy J. Um, that's not what's keeping you out of the Supreme Court. Cool daddy J. Cool with a K. Cool! It's Larry the Cable Guy. Cool daddy J. Brad, if we can just visit one more of her books. Yes. Because I've just read the synopsis to Hotboxed, How I Found Love on Amazon. <laughs> Amazing. Randy works at the Amazon Distribution Center, putting packages together for customers. With no prospects in sight, she assumes she will probably work there forever. It's like being trapped in a cardboard box. Then, one day, a name pops up on her scanner. She recognizes a name that renews her with her teenage hopes and dreams, and suddenly, everything is off the hook and up for grabs. It's just a name, but now she's no longer content to lead an ordinary life. Her old dreams haunt her. Can she dare to fulfill them? To act to escape her life? Learn what it takes to get the thing you most desire in this daring, sexy, and funny story. Hotboxed, How I Found Love on Amazon by Lacey Noonan. Sometimes, all it takes is a name. Heads up, the story contains some scenes of adult 
nature written with a sublime prose style that will titillate the mind and senses. All characters are over 18, which is cool, too. Why do you have to put in all characters are over 18, which is cool, too? That's weird. Eeks. For those who read the Sasquatch story, (laughs) I trust. They they were all 18 in that one, too. I got a lot of weird reviews. I, this, like, I mean, this is brilliant. I mean, guys, trust, I will soon be coming out with my Christian Bigfoot erotica line. Um, That's definitely going to happen, but, like... What do you think? This is fucking because like the name was was thing? the name Jesus Christ that she saw on the Amazon for fill list. No, <gasps> all my dreams. I got to go back. But I love you can like write ridiculous nonsense like this. Sell it for three bucks and make fucking money, dude. It's only forty eight pages too. Yeah, it's not all of these are like really nothing. short. She also has like a collection, like an anthology of like five steamy romance books, and I think together they are six dollars. But by books, I mean like. Not like even nothing. novellas. Like, like there, there may be ten page stories. It's the same amount. Yeah, guys, listen. My I, plays, my plays. Like, if you buy them on my website, they're the digital versions are five dollars. And like, there's some, there's these are these are lengthy, and these are like full length plays, and they are delightful to read. And like, I, the shortest one of them is it's like a hundred and a uh, hundred and uh, seventeen pages, and that's a play, which like that's crazy. Like, come on. Come on. Come on. Listen, su- support Lacey? Absolutely. She's a marketing genius, and she's brilliant. But also, throw some dollars my way. Um, you can get the Sasquatch book in paperback. Amazing. It's 102 pages. That one, she put some effort into. The Sasquatch book is 102 pages? Dude, it's her opus. It's, <laughs> it's what she's fuck. been working on. Everything led up to this. Wow. Wow. Um... Guys, buy the Sasquatch book, but also buy my books. Like, buy this. I can't believe you're actually advocating. Guys, look. This is this is fucking brilliant. Do you not want to read the Sasquatch book, Alex? We're okay, Brad. You read. You read the Eat Fresh book. Okay. I will buy the Amazon fulfillment book, and someone, maybe the group as a collective, can buy the Sasquatch book and the Facebook group. And we'll all chat about it when we're done. We're gonna have a book club. We're gonna have a Lazy Newton book club. Um, it's all, I mean, come on, literary, the also literary with, lounge. With, with Kindle, you can also share books. So Alex and I can I can loan you the Eat Fresh book, and you <gasps> can loan me the box book. And then whoever the other party is, they'll buy the other book. We'll all share them around. This is going to be delightful. Oh, my God. I am super excited. <laughs> oh, I just don't. And everyone else buy my plays. Yeah, I mean, those. <laughs> come on. Minis, buy them all. Gotta catch them all. It's super cheap. It's super cheap and it's delightful. And guess what? It's better than playing in a fucking dumpster. Jeez. Talk about one literary uh, master. Um, now we're gonna move to another uh, master of the form, and that's dear friend of the show, Laura Wimsett. Um, guys, I Jonathan has posted a million Laura Wimsett articles. Some of the, he's transcribed some of the past ones that have been read on the show. Um, he's posted some new ones. There's a lot of Laura Wimsett information out there for fans of Laura, which we all are. Uh, number one in our heart, obviously. Um, today, I'll be reading a, a, a recent column, Wandering Backward Down the Path of My Roots. Whoa. Wandering Backward Down the Path of My Roots. That is a title that she agreed to. <laughs> it's official. I am Bohemian. Oh, <gasps> that should have been the title of the article. <laughs> Seriously, 
I discovered this delightful fact during a fascinating evening of exploring my family tree with a friend who has a membership to one of those online genealogy services. As an added bonus, this is a friend who tells hilarious stories, and he and his wife know how to make a guest feel right at home. I lugged in my album of photographs, faded mimeographed sheets of information, and a few scribbled notes of names and questions, and dropped everything on their kitchen table. But first, of course, we had to eat. Eat fresh Subway. Oh. But first, we had to eat. Mm. And by that, Flo I mean... looked at me from across the table. Her friend, Wendy. Oh, look at that foot long. Ever so shy. She gave a frosty glance. <laughs> uh, but at first, of course, we had to eat. Pizza, Pepsi, peppermint bark. To quote George Borrow, Life is very sweet, brother. Who would wish to die? I, I do appreciate Laura's correct use of uh, alliteration, Pepsi, pizza, Pepsi, peppermint bark. Well, nobody, I guess, but a lot of people already have, and now I wanted to track a few of them down. Life is very sweet, brother. Who would wish to die? Well, nobody, I guess, but a lot of people already have, and now I want to track a few of them down. There are a lot of things I like and appreciate about Harold and Joy, but near near the top of that list is that they are genuinely interested, enthusiastic, and excited about my research project as I am. Harold had already done some preliminary searches for my grandfather and showed me what he had found so far. This is great, I cried, but this is Massachusetts. I don't think he ever lived there. No problem, Harold assured me. We would look Mm -hmm. again, this time narrowing our search to areas that we knew were correct. We found some cool stuff. (laughs) The 1930 census noted our radio in the household, but nothing really spectacular. (laughs) We'll come back to him, Harold promised. I'm glad we're getting, like, all the beats here. What do you know about your grandmother? Not much. I did have her maiden name, but some of the records I had had listed her first name as Mary and some as Marie. This search went nowhere at all. (laughs) But Harold's unflagging optimism kept us moving forward. Your mother's father, he mumbled, (laughs) shuffling through my notes. Let's see, is this the conventional spelling? We howled with laughter. Parentheses, you had to be there. Laura! Laura. (laughs) Come on, you were giving us nothing here. (laughs) Harold was busily following another thread of information. Here's pictures of your great-grandparents' gravestones. Um, yes. One great. Your grandfather's parents. They're in Hobart, Indiana. I leaned toward the screen. He was still working at Carnegie still at age 63? I said. Wow. That was 1941, so he probably helped with the war effort. Here's a picture of my grandfather, I offered. I'm not sure how old he is here, though. And look here, I've got a picture of my great-grandparents. Harold studied the portrait, then said... Funny thing about those old pictures, you never see anyone smiling. They all look so grim. I nodded. Well, the cameras had a pretty slow shutter speed, and I guess it was easier to sit still than it was to sit still smiling. And they probably all had bad teeth back then. Laura, you're just really giving us the minutia here. Um, oh, look, Harold interrupted, moving his mouse to click on a little icon. Here's a photo of your great, of your grandfather's grandmother. We stared at the photo in silence for a moment, then erupted in hilarity again. Did you erupt in hilarity? All right. <laughs> Let's find out. My great-great-grandmother was evidently a jolly old soul. Everyone stop saying jolly old whatever. Like, yeah. what's going on? 
for she was pictured leaning back in a chair outside a house, hair piled in a neat bun on top of her head, and laughing at the camera, as if she'd anticipated this very moment of mirth 100 years later. Ugh, cool. Her husband's portrait was far more formal, showing a dignified, elegant gentleman with snow-white hair, a dapper black mustache, and large dark eyes. As we clicked and clicked to go back and back, we discovered these ancestors had ailed from Czechoslovakia. Ellipses. And another generation further back, that turned into Bohemia. Bohemia? Mm. Is that a country? I thought it was just a name for a bunch of hippies! Exclamation point. Harold chortled. Or gypsies, I added already busily tapping out a question on my smartphone. Maybe that's why I like to travel. Okay, uh, Bohemia. Historical country of Central Europe, blah blah. Here we go. Is it located in contemporary Czech Republic? I looked up. Who knew? Everyone. Everyone knew, Laura. (laughs) Did you know this, Harold asked? Your great-great-great-grandparents were buried in the Bohemian National Cemetery? In Chicago? Who knew? Um... Who knew, I asked again. But that fits. My mother was born in Chicago. I always wondered how her family got there. Now you know. Yes, I said. Now I know. And little by little, I am learning not only how she got there, but how I got here. Whoa. (laughs) Wow. That was... Okay. That was almost a useless waste of space. (laughs) Thanks, Laura. See, I was really hoping she would confess about her new Bohemian ways. But uh, nope. Nope. She just nope. found out that Bohemia was a country. And That's she, a country? She wonders about old photos. Oh, the old photos. Wow. I, I remember my grandmother telling me that, like, when they had, like, photos taken, like, back in the day, like, in the 30s, that, like, the photographer told them to look in, look at the sun. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> because they thought that the, the, light, the sunlight would reflect from their eyes and make the photo come out better. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, you need good lighting, so if you can look and see the sun, I guess it would light your face. That's not necessarily bad, but, the, I, that but means at the same I, time... Yeah, that just means I have a lot of... someone. I have a lot of old family photos where everyone's just like, ah! Grimacing. <laughs> like, mm. They all look angry. Mm. It's amazing. The sun can't put that twinkle in your eye if you're grimacing. Okay, now look at the sun. Ugh. Perfect. Now just hold that for five minutes. Yikes. Long exposure times. Which is true. Like, yeah. It's better than the flaming, like, explosive bulbs they would use to flash. How many photographers got their hands blown off because those things malfunctioned? Yeah, that is bonkers. Laura, you are always a hilarious delight. <laughs> oh, Laura. So, uh, I've recently started watching a show. Okay. I started watching uh, The Prisoner, like the British show from uh, the 60s. Are you aware of this? No. Do you remember the show? Um, no, I don't. To be honest, it's I've, like I mean, I'm, I've heard of it, but I don't. I can't really place it. Yeah, the thing, the thing I always remember from when I was a kid, like like the the white balls like chasing him. Um, hmm. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, this show's fucking awesome. Like, I don't know why it's taken me this long to like get around to watching it. There's like there's only like 17 episodes. Um, I hugely hugely recommend uh, everyone like watch this show because it's it's so good and creepy the one barrier to it is the fact that the order of the episodes is like bonkers like if you go on wikipedia there's an article on a list of the um prisoner episodes and the thing is like the the original order that they were produced in wasn't the right order they weren't they were aired in a different order 
And then there's like three other like variations on which order this show should be in. Whoa. Yeah. Um, basically, if you're unaware, like the premise is there's a guy. Um, you get the idea that he seemingly uh, was like a spy or something. Um, but in the opening credits, um, which are amazing, by the way, um, he resigns. And then uh, he gets like uh, gassed and kidnapped and taken to this uh, island um, that's called The Village. And basically, he tr- they're constantly trying to get information from him, which he refuses to give up. Um, and there's all kinds of, like, crazy things. They drug him. They do all these, like, crazy tests and mind games on him. It's like, I'm like, oh, so, like, this is what Lost was supposed to be like. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Like, and it's just, it's so weird and trippy. And, like, you you never know who he is, what the hell, who the hell these people are, what they want from him. Like, I mean, I'm only, like, I'm only, like, uh, I think nine episodes in of the 17. Um... And I just, I, like, I, and I'm relatively sure, uh, at least I've heard along the way, you never really find out what the hell's going on, um, more or less. And it's it's very, very, uh, very interesting. Hmm. Something I find interesting, Brad's right, there's like five different different versions of how you should watch them? Yeah. Or, and I guess they're so interchangeable that certain things could happen before other things, which is well, the, the watch is, order? Because, like, um, because so much of the show is, like, uh, you know, every episode pretty much starts the same. He wakes up, and, like, and they're trying to do something to break him in some way. So, but there, and, and I haven't, I'm about to get to a couple episodes that's apparently the second episode that's um, that aired, which is also on the DVDs, that's also the order, um, is, like, everyone says, like, you need to wait and watch this one, like, like, fifth, or something. Huh. And, like, it's crazy, so, I, it's, um, yeah, it's very... So was the out-of-order airing on purpose? Well, or was it just an artifact of... It's interesting, because, like, um, the guy, uh, Patrick McGowan, who is the star and also, like, the creator and writer of the show, um... Like, he, like, he, I, I'm going by an order that he put out. He was like, all right, here's my order, which he only lists, like, like, I think, like, six episodes that are basically, like, the kind of mythology episodes that you need. And he's like, everything else can kind of go wherever as long as these are in order, which they weren't aired in that order, and it's crazy. <laughs> it's just so fucking creepy. Like, I, I would definitely put it up there with, like, a, a Twin Peaks sort of, it's just surreal and uh, bizarre. And it's, I just, like, why did I wait? Like, I, I remember as a kid, like, trying to watch this show, and I was just like, I'm a kid, I have no idea what's going on. And now I'm an adult, and I know that I shouldn't know what's going on. <laughs> Goodness, there are so many. I, I love that out of all of these, I guess, timelines or versions of the show. Mm-hmm. Arrival is always number one. Right. But... Um, and also Fallout, which is the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> There's always the first and the last. Yeah. I find it interesting that out of four of five, four out of five timelines agree that the second to last episode, Once Upon a Time, should be last. Someone puts that as the sixth episode to watch. That was that was the uh, original air date. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Which one of these timelines oh, are sorry, you following? Yeah. Sorry, no, that was the studio production order. Yeah. Which one of these are you following? I'm I'm kind of following my own thing. It's it's a separate uh, because I How found can you follow your own thing. Well, no, because I found I before I found this Wikipedia article, I found a thing that was like uh, Patrick McGowan's like his order, and it was just like the uh, it was just like the five like major episodes, which was basically um, 
um, the arrival. Well, it doesn't matter what the episodes are called, but it was like the first episode, um, and then like I there's a couple more, and like putting them in an order, and then like kind of placing everything else around that. So I've gone with that, and then everything else I've kind of stuck with like the uh, basically the DVD order. So which is like bonkers as well, and like I've already and I, like I realize now that there's a couple episodes I'm like oh yeah I could see that should have probably been the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> but and the, but the thing is, they were they were written out of order. They were filmed out in a different order. And it's just I I kind of love that. Like, there's no agreement. No one agrees on which order the show should be in. So that should that tells you a lot about the show. I think. Where are you watching this at? Is it on Netflix? Is it um, on Hulu? No. I well, it may be. I'm not sure. I don't have Netflix currently. Um, but you can certainly find them out there in the world. Wow, apparently there were unproduced storylines and scripts from the series. Yeah. Hmm, who knows where those would have went in. Yeah, I'm just saying, if you want to watch, like, a really awesome, trippy show, uh, definitely watch The Prisoner. Also, I really want his jacket, because I love it. (laughs) And those white ball things are actually kind of creepy. Um, I think just the the logo of that old-timey cycle with Mm -hmm. the strange canopy over it is also very oh, yeah. strange creepy the opening credits are so fucking awesome like i love it like it's such it's such a good song and like it, it basically you know every episode like the opening credits give you a solid setup the well, final episode the final episode fallout received a hugo award nomination for best dramatic presentation in 1969 but it lost to 2001 a space odyssey wow wow that's awesome I'm on board. I'll find yeah. a way to watch this. Definitely. It's so fucking good. I really, I like, I, I I wish I was doing a podcast on this show. I mean, why couldn't we do that? We could sub it in for Perfect Strangers or something. I, no, because I, it's... Or just do it, like, one every month. That wouldn't be, be too bad. I'd be game. Well, I don't know if I could do that, because it seems like a really awesome show. Yeah, I don't... And the I, fact that, I would I be... T- yeah, I don't, I, I, yeah, I think it would be, I think it would be hard to do, like, if we were doing, like, a weekly podcast thing of it, I think that would be one thing, but... I, I, I'm just gonna watch it and enjoy. The complete Blu-ray series is two hundred dollars. That's crazy. The DVD is two fifty. That is insane. But it's one of those things where you can tell, like, and I know I've heard of it like forever and just not got around to watching it. But you can tell it's one of those things that was hugely influential on everything in the world. <laughs> da, 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 da. It's got to be somewhere. You got well, no, I guess at that price, it's so rare that. Yeah, I don't know. No clue. Looks awesome. Yeah, I, 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 I hope to look into it, indeed, or find a way to do it where I don't have to pay two hundred dollars. But hey, there are ways. There are ways, and there are ways. Um, Brad, so you're watching The Prisoner. Mm-hmm. I recently saw a film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be Jupiter Ascending. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did, did you like Mila Kunis as a janitor turned president of the world with a, with a, a weird half-dog, half-albino? Well, funny thing. Um, I Obviously, the movie does not have good reviews. Mm-hmm. Visually stunning. Everyone's saying, go see it anyway because it's very pretty, which should never be a reason to go. But I do enjoy special effects and... And not simply because, I don't know, it seemed interesting. I decided to take a gamble on it. A lot of people didn't like Speed Racer, but we all know Speed Racer is a fun movie. Speed Racer is amazing. So I thought, this could be one of those. What if it's another Speed Racer? I don't know. It could be. Sure. Um, 
Cloud Atlas was actually okay, if not good. Mm-hmm. And that was the Wachowski siblings. Why not? Well, let's give them a chance with Jupiter Ascending. Sure. Uh. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought my phone was beeping. Um, yeah, I don't... I, <laughs> guys, it's a really pretty film. <laughs> I mean, I saw the trailer and I did not believe that this was a real movie being made. <laughs> like, I was like, really? This is, this is the movie? Um, also, Claire told me that it was, like, bonkers. It's pretty bonkers, dude. It's it's kind of trying to be, like, an old, like, sci-fi, like, Flash Gordon serial. Mm-hmm. And kind of like a, like, yeah, like, the biggest space opera you could think of. But it doesn't really succeed, and it doesn't really fail. Hmm. It's weird. So, I... I, I found myself confused emotionally while I was watching it because I thought, I know this isn't great, but there uh, are there are glimmers of awesomeness in this. But it's just handled well. I really think with better editing, mm-hmm. it could have been okay as opposed to con- not really confusing. See, it was also it was troubling because I haven't seen the new Transformers movie, but I, I hear that it's a disjointed mess. That it makes sense, but it's the definition of rushing something. Like... You're kind of in a fog between the action scenes, and you just just have enough to get the bare bones of one of the basic stories that everyone writes about. I don't remember what it is for Transformers 4, but it, it mm-hmm. could be Enemy at the Gates, it, which I'm assuming it is. It could be A Man Who Comes to Town. Who fucking knows? But it's one of those that's just loosely stitched together action scenes. And that's kind of what this is. But I think it tries to be that because they think Transformers, which did gangbusters overseas, it's very weird because it moves at that kind of pace. If it had been a little slower, I would have been on board more. Hmm. But it was interesting. Crazy as fuck, though. And it never really explains its awkwardness. There's a whole scene where they go to the planet where humans originated on. Mm-hmm. I'm not going mean, to... This doesn't spoil anything. Right, right, right. Because Jupiter, turns out, is the genetic doppelganger of the queen of the universe, basically. Sure. And uh, in her will, when she originally died, she left her genetic duplicate, Earth, as her inheritance. Because mm-hmm. that's what people do in this universe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And so out of all the planets and all the universe, Milia Kunez is the doppelganger of this. So they go to the planet and they have to go through a lot of red tape. There's like a five minute scene where they are going from place to place to place with like, hey, we need this paperwork. Well, you need this to be signed. Well, you need this. And it's it's funny, kind of <laughs> awkwardly placed, kind of. <laughs> and it's just weird. And like, she's a janitor, right? Well, okay. Because, like, guess what I'm not look, buying? Mila Kunis as being a janitor. Look, she fell in hard times, Brad. When she was a baby, inside of her mother's stomach, her dad was shot by um, Russian vandals. They broke into her parents' home. Mm-hmm. They tried to take their dad's telescope, her dad's telescope, and he says, please, not the telescope, and they shoot him in the stomach and he dies. They go on a boat to America for a better life. Mm-hmm. She's born on the boat, and, yeah, she lives with her... Her family, her like extended family, like her mother, her mother's brother, and they all live near in Chicago, mm-hmm. and they make a living without, you know, cleaning the houses of the rich in Chicago. Yeah, I, if you're Mila Kunis, like people just throw money at you because you're Mila Kunis. Like if she walked, in, I got no money, but I would like find some like spare change and like just like be like, here, here, have this money. Well, well, in the movie, she tries to get money. Her and her cousin have a have a have a scheme and it's really her cousin's scheme they're going to get um 
$15,000 because Milia Kunis is going to go in and donate her eggs. Now, that's interesting. She's going to get 5000 He's going to get 10000 because it was his idea. No. <laughs> Has she thought about, like, modeling or, like, just anything? Dude, it's hard for her to or get just, like, business. asking, like, some stupid dude for money? Because, like, you just be like, here, here. She asks her uncle for it, and he's like, I already gave you an advance. Why do you need $3,000? Brad, she wants to buy a replica of the telescope her dad had when she was just a, well, you know, oh, yeah. a baby, I guess, in her mother's stomach. Um, So much craziness abound the more i think about it the more it was kind of fun to watch i don't so, know if i'd recommend it but uh, but the question is alex fun ride or not a fun ride um it's better to go in thinking it's a sequel to magic mike <laughs> just go in and in your mind try to make that make sense and you're like okay this is actually a pretty good sequel to magic mike <laughs> i'm glad he got out of the business now he's like a space dog can't keep his shirt on you still got that from magic mike oh boy there's a lot of visual spectacle that's really pretty. It's just, I don't know. I just don't know about it. Yeah, it's a fun ride. Oh, what made it even ride. more fun was the fact that I was flanked in the audience by families. I didn't, I didn't know. Sorry, my cat's knocking on the door. I didn't know that Jupiter Ascending would be a family film. Hmm. But like young kids. Stubby, stop. Panther Times. Panther times indeed. So, and it was awesome because the ki- the kids were getting into it. Channing Tatum would would come in with his shirt off, and they'd go mm, like all you could hear them. Like you know, that was kind of weird. But they would kind of cheer and get excited during the film. Not sure how. I at one point, Milia Kunis's character is in a high rise apartment with some girl in Chicago, and she's like, "Oh, I'm going to go out on a date with my." Um, uh, this guy I've been dating, he's going to propose to me. Don't know who the fuck this woman is. Hasn't, haven't seen her up to this point. Milia Kunis tells her to kind of like chill. Does she really want to marry this guy? And the, she gets her to really think, you know what? Maybe I don't. Of course, at that point, um, she's going to go out to dinner with them and just kind of be like, you know what? Let's keep things on the, you know, on the real. We don't have to get married or anything. So Milia Kunis is going to help her pick out a dress, but then Greys come in and kidnap or try to kidnap this girl. Brad, that is the scariest part in this entire movie. Terrifying. I didn't tell you that this Terrifying. also had a nightmare scene nope. where basically Greys are invisible and they're on planet Earth to make sure that humans don't become aware of the greater galactic civilization. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'll I'll just ignore I I'll ignore the greater galactic civilization. Just keep those fucking Greys away from me. No, thank you. I'd rather have white floating um, bubbles. There's a very interesting kernel of an idea about the class system, about the wealthy versus everyone else in the movie. That's actually pretty good if it wasn't completely surrounded by Jupiter ascending. <laughs> like it's it's so strange to see something kind of even jarring like well holy fuck and then be like oh wait, but Channing Tatum's going to run in with his force field with his with his like hover rollerblades, oh he's got rollerblades that let him fly, and at oh one point he gets angel wings. Is this movie from the '90s? Like, what's happening, dude? It it does feel like if the '90s could have made an amazing movie. It sounds like, like a, a comic book it's from the not, '90s. It does. It is. Um, well, it's a comic no. book from like the '20s. Like, dude. Okay, I almost say. You remember when we watched Flash Gordon? Not yeah. the boar worms. Um, it's Flash Gordon. It's a new Flash Gordon, but with a lady twist. <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Uh, uh, and I just to, I again, guys, if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, skip ahead. But Claire told me about the ending, and in the end, she decides to go back to being a janitor. 
Yeah. She gives up being queen of the world and is like, oh, I'll just be a janitor instead. Dude, queen of the universe. Queen of the universe. Um, did Claire tell you that basically what 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 it is? Um, humans originated on some planet way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and rich people have found a way to seed planets with life. And then once they get to a point where they're about to exhaust the resources of that planet they're seeded on, mm-hmm. then the humans there are harvested and are turned into like this blue, like pure genes. Like all their genes are made in a concentrated thing that allows other humans to bathe in it and with their technology stay young forever. Uh, does that sound familiar to you? Because we've covered science stories about mm. how young blood can make mm. old people or old things mm. act really young again. Jupiter um, sending, um, you're on the list of people that owe us money. Katy Perry, I'm sorry, the late, <laughs> the late Katy Perry, her estate, you also <laughs> owe us money. It's DigiPerry. No one knew that when they were watching uh, the... The ghost of Katy Perry owes us money, and so does these, fuck, these fucking... Crazy people from Jupiter ascending. You owe us money. Mila Kunis, you owe us money. Listening to Ramjack. And I think we're entitled to a little bit of money. Hmm. Just a little bit. Or at least a credit. I'll take a credit. Brad will take the money because he said that before on earlier shows. Yes. I would like the money. Give my share to him. Yes. And I will take a credit at the end. (laughs) At the very end, I want a credit, please. No special (laughs) thanks. I want the specialist of thanks. (laughs) Specialist of thanks. Alexander Green. I want a picture of me, an illustration with Magic Mike. <laughs> and I want dog ears too. You can have the wings. I don't want the wings. That's kind of weird. Nice. Because, you know, dogs have wings. Yeah. Al- so strange. Half dog, half albino. <laughs> you know, the more I think about it, it is a kind of a fun, silly movie. Oh, it's more than a fun ride. I've almost I, talked I you would- into a fun ride. Dude, I, I would say when it when you eventually find it on a Netflix or ah. a Hulu or on the Pirate Bay, <laughs> check it out. Have a good laugh because it is really <laughs> funny when you think about it as a not serious film. I'll wait for the riff tracks. what I was looking for. I'll wait for riff tracks and then I'll... There you go. There you I'll, go. I'll check her out. Um, there's bees in there. Fuck, there's bees in there. <laughs> it really is a check. <laughs> Are fucking bees in that movie? How did I forget? Some weird stuff, man. I are, are the bees pollinating I, I just, corn by chance? Um, which bees have huh. never done before? Um, but apparently in the X Files world, uh, bees pollinate corn. That is very weird. I, I don't know about that at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, they straight um, up did that. Okay, well, the X Files is doing their own thing. Um, David Duchovny was on um the Bill Maher show. I want to say last week, pimping his book Holy Cow, which we talked about. Oh boy. Um, Brad, you may want to hunt that up because mm. it, if you want to get your hate back, <laughs> I, it's never leaving. It's never ever, gone. I, I, I just assumed it wouldn't. But if for some reason, if you feel like you need to get your hate back, watch it. First off, David Duchovny is fucking old. That X-Files mm. new TV show is, <laughs> will happen on a wing and a prayer because <laughs> he is, he is looking old. Really? Like he does not look good he's, for his age. He's not old. They're going to have to do a lot of post-work to make him and Scully seem young. Uh, Scully and Julian Anderson look, still looks pretty good. Uh, David Duchovny, not so much. He's had a harsh life. I, Yeah, okay, maybe not watch it, because it would probably make you mad, because he talks about writing oh. being a writer. Oh, fuck the hell. <laughs> just pushing, oh, I'm going to have to watch this, damn it. Well, my dad was a writer, so... Was he? I've always considered myself a writer. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. 
Are you as great at writing as you are at improvising funny lines into the X-Files? Because you're terrible. You're terrible, dog. You're the worst. I think he admits to that during the course of the interview. Well, good. And plus, it's Bill Maher gets back on the fucking anti-vaccination thing, and it's like, dude, stop. They corner him on it, though, on the show, and you're like, yeah, well done, guests, because you're not letting him be an idiot. Yeah. it's pretty. That's pretty funny in its own right. Nice. Um, just thought I'd let you know that David Duchovny is out again. and <laughs> He's out in the world again, doing shit. They let him out. <sighs> Lock him up. Send, send him to, to, to the village on The Prisoner. That's what they should do. They should remake The Prisoner. I they, would see that. They did a couple that. years ago, actually. Really? They did it with uh, Ian McKellen and uh, um, uh, Jim Caviezel. Was it a was it, like it a, a direct make or did, was it um, like a spirited successor? Yeah, no, it was like, it was like a remake. They did it was like a I think it was like a four episode like miniseries on AMC. Nice. Yeah. See, that's where I think I heard about it from because I do know of it, but I, just I didn't remember, realize it was the 60s like that old. Yeah, it was I think it was like 67, I think. Um I just remember it like it used to be on the Sci-Fi Channel back in the day. I mean, yeah, because yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Alex, it's that super special time of the week where we check in on our favorite cousins on Perfect Strangers. Sometimes the world looks perfect. Nothing Guys, every time we watch a television show or a movie, we try to summarize it in as close to a minute as possible without going over. It's a game we play. Um, if you go over a minute, you lose. Fact. If you can't, if you can't hit that, we'll go ahead, Brad. I was just gonna say, and if you lose, uh, there will be some horrific music that we'll have to play um, that I really don't want to play. Yeah. So we're really trying to keep a tight ship here. Um, here's the other. Here's the twist part. If you can't get in that sweet, sweet spot, is it ten or five seconds? Um, you know, it was ten, but then you moved it up to five seconds of your own accord, and unfortunately, I think that's almost like law now. Oh. So. uh... So there's a there's a sweet spot that starts around 10 seconds, but is definitely between uh, 55 and 60 seconds that you want to aim for. Yes. You want to aim for 60 seconds on the dot. Yes. Because then you get then you win all the prizes. But before that, if you don't, if you if you can't land in that spot, though, you chump and you get the chump music, which (laughs) is my favorite. It's it's terrible, but it's my favorite. It's terrible, but (laughs) you get it. Let's hope none of us become a chump again. Alex, uh, your job is going to be to summarize this episode. Uh, this is, uh, again, this is the final episode of season two. It's a little episode called Up on a Roof. Oh, man. A whole minute? Yeah. You ready for this? Give me just a second to uh, sure. collect myself. Take a moment. Collect thoughts. Think about what happened. What was going on? Who was in the episode? What were they wearing? What were they doing and why? Whatever you need. That's never gonna not be funny. I love that you're so amused by it. I've like saved every time you've done it. I'm gonna mix them together into something horrific. (laughs) Oh man. All right, I think I'm ready to do this. You'll be going in five, four, three, two, one, go. 
So Larry has inspired Balky to make lint paintings because Larry is going to enter in a photo contest for Chicago, but he can't get the right photo. So Balky encourages him to go ahead and find it anyway. So that right photo is this chance happening between buildings and sunsets and a cross on a church. But to get the best shot, they've got to go up on Twinkasetti's roof. And that's weird. <laughs> so they decide to go up on the roof, and Larry is crazy trying to get the shot. Turns out some idiot built a chimney in the way of the uh, camera to get this picture. So Larry tries to swing around. He can't get the shot lined up. And then Twinkasetti comes on the roof, and they're stuck up there. It starts to rain, and in the rain, silhouetted by lightning, Twinkasetti is the perfect portrait that Larry's been looking for. Good enough for 10th place. <laughs> Because that's what Larry gets for entering a contest. But at the end, they realize, you know what? We've learned a thing or two on this season. And that's Perfect Strangers. Alex, one minute. (gasps) Nice work. Congratulations. Yes. I would like to thank Brad for helping me. I would like to thank um, all the downtime I had on car rides to work because I was practicing. I would like to thank the 30 minutes before we did the show. I was watching the show constantly in my head thinking of things to talk about. I would like to thank you, the listeners. And once again, Brad, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Keep in time. I had double thanks. You're a brave heart. No, and I appreciate you. brave heart. You know who is a brave heart? Jonathan fighting the good fight in the high seas. <laughs> True that. National hero in international waters. Always a hero, always a brave heart. Yes. We support you, Jonathan. We do support you. <laughs> yellow ribbons all the way. <laughs> Tie a yellow ribbon. Wouldn't we want to send them yellow ribbons to keep him on the boat? I, mm, I don't know how it works. Listen, I've I, never I've never tied a yellow ribbon around anything. Well, I was just thinking, like, support the troops. I, I, I don't support the troops. Fuck the troops. Uh, but Jonathan, <laughs> I support wholeheartedly. <laughs> Hey, I like your yellow ribbon. You really got to support him. Yeah, you know, he's been on that sea for a few, well, like a few months. That one bitch is giving him problems on the tour group. Like, why was she listening? I'm sorry, are you talking about the truth? No, I'm talking about Jonathan Prendesek. He's, he's a, a real hero. Mark Mimson's number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> he's the real hero. Were you talking about the fucking American troop? Get out of here. Oh, don't talk about those fucking murderers. No, thank you. Rather than me. Get out. Um, so... This is the last episode of Perfect Strangers for season two. Indeed. That was aired. Now, if you thought that the the chronological order of um, the prisoner prisoner was off, I almost said the captive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm already trying to rewrite the show. The captive. Um, This is definitely not supposed to be the last episode. I really think it was the one... We're at the end. We got the recap of the entire show. Yeah. But this'll do. This'll do. Um, so, yeah, apparently this was supposed to take place sequentially before the episode of Tux for Two. Hmm. Because that's the one where Larry gets to go to the um, photo exhibit and meet his idol. Ah. And the reason he was able to go is because he won this contest. Nice. And okay. by one, I mean... No, spo- I, we. I already spoiled it. He gets in tenth place right. for his contest, which is nothing to nothing to scoff out. I mean, I graduated tenth in our class in high school, Brad. Wow, I graduated tenth in my class. I'm a Larry. I'm a regular Larry Appleton. Nice I got the Larry Appleton Award. <laughs> I gun uh, for it. Um, so that's interesting. I, I, I like that makes all the sense because I was. I remember when we watched the episode. I was like, so does he? How many photo contests has he entered? Because I remember this episode, and I was like, that seems strange. Well, that makes much more sense. Um, well, not really that much more sense because he's trying to be a photojournalist, yet apparently he's only entered this one photo contest that he was really shitty at. Well, 
I mean, look, 10th place in a big town like Chicago for a little guy like Larry from the country, that's kind of, that's pretty big. Um, and I wish they would have done this episode before Tux for Two, because we, we railed Larry. I mean, we do it all the time. <laughs> <Right>. But <laughs> but at least in this episode, when Balky is going through the photos of what he thinks Larry should submit, which they end up doing, because, okay, Larry comes in, he feels sorry for himself. He's like, oh, I'm just not a good photographer. I just don't have a picture. I want to, oh, poor me. Balky, if you were really a true friend, you would wallow in my misery with me. And Balky says, shut the fuck up. First off, I'm busy making a lint painting. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> nice. Second, you want to be a photographer and you're not half bad. Let's go through your pictures and find one. He's like, all right, all right. But it's going through these photographs where they start talking about the content of the photos mm-hmm. that I start to think that maybe Larry is a photographer. It's true. Or at least someone who's obsessed with finding weird moments. Mm-hmm. Because isn't there one where a firefighter like catches – like there's one where he's catching a firefighter – was saving someone from a building. I think it's he's saving. Is he saving a uh, cat? Yes. Um, and the problem with the photo is that there's 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 uh, the whiskers are unbalanced. There's three whiskers on one side, two whiskers on the other side. It's garbage. Throw that photo out. Damn it! I rehearsed so much five whiskered whiskered cat oh. for my summary. Damn it! I'm glad I left it out. I'm glad I left it out. Um, um, I don't remember what the other one is supposed to be, but he says it's cliched, Larry. I mean. Let's be honest, all the photos he talks about sound like cliched photos. <laughs> True. Um, oh, something I want to bring up. Um, when Larry first comes in, um, Balky offers him some ding-ding and Mahmoud um, that he's cooked, which I was I, at first I was like, wait, I think I remember him talking about that. Isn't that what he made like when uh, Jennifer and Marianne came over? And then oh. Larry asks, what is it? And he says, pig snout with saffron. I know that <laughs> I, like that is... I, I think it's so weird that that's a continuity thing. Like, they've actually done that before. Well, when they're out of order, it is it is interesting. I, I'm i pretty sure that they've had the date by now, surely. Because that, that was, oh, like, the yeah. first episode of the season, I think. Most certainly. Um, okay, we did get something wrong, which I think actually needs to be corrected. So, the picture involving the cat was actually uh, a photo of a giant bird picking a cat up and carrying it away. Ah, the cat had fear in its eyes, according to Balky, but all Larry saw was the five whiskers. Of course, Larry didn't try to stop this bird from like, taking the cat away. Um, that must have been a fucking giant crow or a fucking hawk to take a cat away. Birds are evil. Um, but the picture that Larry said was cliched was one of a fireman catching a baby thrown from a burning building. Nice. Which, I don't know if that's cliched. <laughs> I've never seen that. I think that's reckless. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, what, whatever you have to do to save a life. But, wow. Okay. All that to say that Balky inspires Larry. He's like, okay, look, Balky, thank you. I will go out and find the perfect picture as a photographer later. Brad, let's go back to the lint painting, because that is one of the weirder parts of the show. <laughs> That's, it's fucking terrifying, because, yeah, Larry comes in, he's like, listen, listen, Cousin Larry, you've inspired me. You, you're pursuing your photojournalism, so uh, I'm doing a traditional Miposian uh, lint painting. What? Uh-huh. They show it. I mean, it's like a dream catcher on a fucking canvas with glue. Like, it's... Yeah, it's, like, it's like straight out of, like, some creepy-ass, um... Oh, fuck, what's that website? Um, Etsy. Etsy. Yeah, it's a straight-up Etsy nightmare. It's, it's a regretsy nightmare. <laughs> it's a regretsy nightmare. Um, and then Balky... Because Larry... Larry asks, obviously, as you should when your friend is making a lint painting, like, what the fuck is this? And then Balky starts going into some kind of mythos on Mepos... Like, they do lint paintings all the time. 
our spiritual um, leader in the storybook days, and the legend says that he went up on a mountain for 60 days and 60 nights to contemplate his navel. When he came down, he had a limp painting. Gross as fuck. Yeah. Also, hang this. what's this weird, like, cult going on in Meepos? Well, and then later, Larry asks Balky if there's any photos, like a photographs, in Meepos, because he says, look, Balky, I appreciate the help, but what do you know about photography? Do you guys even have cameras on Meepos? And he says, well, the closest thing we have to a camera is this one guy who has a really good memory, which Larry gives him a look like, well, what the fuck? His, his name's like Nicholas, right? And he says, whenever there's a fire, we save him first. And it's what? like, what? <laughs> we save him first. So, so many people have died. Yeah, so that would imply that Nicholas is always where fire starts <laughs> in Meepos. Yeah, Nikolai is a straight-up arsonist. Yes, he's he's always where a fire is. That, or there's only one place on Meepos where a fire can occur that they also happen to have hmm. this guy. It It was... It was a one-off, but I would love them to redress that in the third season. I want this guy to come visit. Yes. So it's the next day. Um, Marianne alone yeah. comes into the shop, which yeah. I thought was neat. Let's give Marianne some time to herself. Just screen time. Indeed. It's 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 interesting. I guess, I guess Jennifer wasn't available. Um, like she's, she's wearing a super linty uh, sweater, by the way, so I think you can make a lot of paintings from that because it's like super fuzzy. She comes in and gets, because there's been a mail switch up, mm-hmm. happens with neighbors all the time. She makes a joke about dyslexia, but she, she gets a conflu- confused. I think she, I don't remember what she calls it. Yeah. Um, but she immediately asks Larry about the photo contest. I wonder if Balky got her to do this, because mm-hmm. why? He's like, hey, yeah, about that, I've got the perfect picture. And you know, it would have, it would take a photographer to find this, and I know a lot of them haven't been able to see this. There's a little church, and it's framed between two buildings. And when the sun sets, a beam of light for just the briefest of moments um, uh, just uh, casts itself upon the top of this cathedral. And then there's the cross, the crucifix, and Jesus is lit by the fire of the sky. And I gotta take a picture of that. That's gonna be my. It's gonna be my tenth place. It's gonna get me at least tenth place. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible. My favorite part is when she says, "Yeah, churches are cool," and then leaves. Yeah. Well done, Marianne. Yeah. Her and Balky kind of have a, a cute little nod. Like there's a lot of nervous energy because mm-hmm. they both have to fit through a door at the same time. But she's like, "Hi," and she kind of just like jumps out and runs, and that's adorable, right? Yes. <laughs> It's like, oh. Can we talk about Balky's jacket? Oh, Balky was courting worst dressed from the beginning of this episode. You can't wear three prints, dog. You can't wear three different types of prints. So it's kooky. It's kooky. Um, This jacket, though, like, I kind of like the jacket. It's so weird. Like, he he takes it off immediately on running in. But it's this, like, red jacket with, like, this weird, like, um, triangle thing on the pockets. Is he wearing it later? No, I thought he's, he's wearing it. He's wearing it when he the, runs uh, into the shop. Two. Oh, is he wearing it later? He's got the red jacket on. Oh yeah, I guess he does. Uh, it looks it looks lame when it's all zipped up. Never mind. Fuck that. <laughs> That's what friends are for—to help you realize the fashion mistakes you're about yeah. to make. Um, because Balky's weird line shirt is strange. Oh, yeah, that's bad. And I wonder if he matched the color. Also, Larry's basically wearing the same outfit in the first scene and second scene, except the blue is slightly uh, more saturated with purple in one than the other. Mm-hmm. I also that's- don't... I also, as always, like, 
I don't like the way his collars are all up in his no, sweater. Like, no one likes that. Pull that out or, like, hide it. Like, you can't have both. You can't have the back of your collar sticking out of your sweater and not, like, the whole thing. It was the 80s. We didn't know. Uh, it was a different time. <laughs> but uh, Larry's, like, in a real rush. He's, he's like, he's got to get this photo. Like, there's a, such a small time window when he can get the photo. And he's got to go to this certain address and, like, climb on top of the roof and get it. Um, Balky somehow knows exactly where this location is. Yeah, which makes Larry second-guess it for the briefest of moments, because maybe it's not that special. Maybe everyone knows about this place. So, um, Twinkasetti rolls in from the back and says, Hey guys, what's up? I'm leaving early. I'm taking all the hundreds out of the register. Don't be alarmed. I own the place. Um, if my wife calls around 4.30, um, great. But if she doesn't, call her and tell her I'm the, the, the store is on fire, because i got a poker game to go to later. Right. Larry, uh, apparently there's like some sort of thing going on. He's like, he's supposed to be going out of town um, with his wife for the weekend, and he's trying to get out of it. And Larry immediately is like, no, I will not lie to your wife. Which is about time that Larry took a stand. Odd it's this. And yeah. it is self-serving, the fact that he needs to go take a picture. Uh, yeah, and so uh, basically Twinkasetti gets pissed off, and he's like, all right, fine, but don't ever ask me for a favor. So, And then he storms out. And then Balky, who's been trying to get Larry's attention, lets him know that the address he needs to climb on top of the roof of is apparently Twinkasetti's place. <laughs> okay. I is there really this only this the one location you can get this shot from? Like, how do you even know that? How do you know? Balky's a real photographer, and he hasn't told Larry. I guess. It's all Larry has, Brad. Um, yeah. So, uh, next up, uh, next scene, we're up on top of Twinkasetti's roof. Up on their roof. And it's, like, um, super windy. They say it's two stories above the ground, but we eventually get Larry looking down onto the street, and that's not two stories off the ground. <laughs> no. That is a lot higher. Yeah. So, they're up on the roof. Larry has thrown caution to the wind, um, because it is super windy, but he is, like, swinging bags. He's like, look, I thought of every contingency. I got, I got uh, sandbags to keep the uh, tripod down. Um, oh, no, my cap fell off the roof. Uh, almost did. Balky, can you get that? And Balky is the only voice of reason saying, no, it's too windy. We got to get off this fucking roof. Can we also talk about just like the weirdness of this location? Because I don't know how they filmed this. That, they say it's Twinkasetti's house and it looks like a house roof. Um, but it's surrounded on all sides by apartments. <laughs> or at least it's on like two sides. It's surrounded by apartment buildings. So what's this yeah. like weird like one house in between like two giant high rise buildings i guess it's like a townhouse maybe i mean having having driven around uh chicago i mean i mean you've been to chicago we both know this house shouldn't exist like how does this even work because it's also it's small it's like it's like normal house sized and then when we see a little bit later when we see in the window and we see chukasetti it's like i this could be a house or this could be an apartment i don't know what's going on but it doesn't make sense no so they're on the roof well, Larry is, he's going to get that picture regardless. Defo. Um, at some point, Balky almost slides off the roof, and he slides off enough to look into the top window to where he sees Twinkasetti. This is the weirdest, trippiest part of this entire episode, because he is obviously, like, green screened into yeah. the window. It's so strange. And he's talking about, yeah, I'm going to go to the poker game. So Balky goes up and says, dude, Twinkasetti's in the house. He's going to hear us on the roof. Got to get down. And Larry's like, fuck off. I got to get this picture. <laughs> Who put this fucking chimney here? Larry, 
like, Doug, like, why don't you go, like, I, there's got to be somewhere else you can take this photo from. Like, how did you see this? You weren't on Twinkie City's roof when you saw this. Like, how do you know this is the perfect picture? If you saw it from, like, the street, why aren't you taking the photo from the street? It's not yeah. the same image. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Whatever inspired you about this locale, like, yeah. you're not there. <laughs> the importance of his imagination suspended him two to six stories above the street. <laughs> To see this picture. I don't know if it'd be a good picture. No. Like, how big is this fucking cross? Is it across yeah. the street? I mean, and I, I assume, think... like, if, he's, if he needs to be up this high, I, I assume he's taking it, like, at a straight-on direct angle, which sounds like a terrible photograph. It is. It sounds like a horrible photograph. So, yeah, they're on the roof. Larry tries to climb the chimney. Can't. He oh. grabs onto... Uh, the antenna swings around, bends the antenna. Um, while he's bending the antenna, I noticed that Larry's sleeves apparently zip off of his jackets. <laughs> <laughs> Who has like a half sleeve jacket? I don't know. It's wait, does it does it does it zip off at the elbow or up at the uh... at the armpit? Like it goes like yeah, it goes the shoulder around. Wow, like the sleeves. So- this becomes a sleeveless jacket. So it becomes like a vest, I guess? Yes. It, but like, it's an ugly jacket. It looks like a mailman's jacket oh, or yeah. something. It's terrible. It's oh. better than his pilot wings jacket earlier. It's true. Which wouldn't be a bad jacket I, if he didn't pair it with, like, the weirdest clothes. Yeah, like, I, I we talked about the, that other jacket before, the brown jacket. I like the brown jacket. Yeah, oh. I mean, we love that brown jacket. Every time I see it, I'm like, nice. But then I'm like, fuck. But yeah, Why so, are you with it? That's weird. What? Uh, that's weird, uh, um... Um, scarf and all that. Yeah, no. You're matching your weirdo sweater that you're wearing over a knit top. You're matching those two things to make the same color, and that's not cool. You can't do that. No. You're ruining the jacket, Larry. So, Larry, eventually, he's like, all right, here it comes, here it comes. I've waited this time. This is the window, and right when the window comes, the clouds cover the sun. And Larry is snapped back into reality. He looks at the ground and is like, oh, fuck, I'm scared of heights. And him and Balky are stuck up there. Oh, wait. I, that, yeah, so uh, it's apparently later at night, and uh, Larry's crying, and Balky's like, listen, can we just go down? We'll just climb the ladder down, and uh, it's fine. Like, let's just leave. And well, they like, have to wait until night, because Larry's so scared of heights that in the dark... He thinks because he won't be able to see see very well, that he'll be able to trick himself into thinking that he's not um, four to twelve stories off the ground. This is so weird. It is weird. Like, it does make sense. But a true friend would stay by their friend, and I guess they stay up there for like an hour or two until the sun sets? I guess. It's insane. Like, I it just, is. Like, I, I don't know. I, no, I feel like I feel like you would go downstairs, like, going, Hey, Mr. Trincasetti, Larry's stuck on the roof. Could you f- call the fire department? He's scared. <laughs> like, you can't... Like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> I mean, we talk about thin episodes of Perfect Strangers before. This is one of the thinnest. It's... <laughs> I enjoy it, but it's so thin. <laughs> like, the whole premise is Larry needs to take a photo. Larry climbs on top of Twinkasetti's roof. He gets scared. They get stuck there. So Twinkasetti comes up. He's like, hey, what are you assholes doing on my roof? I guess he just now noticed the giant ladder <laughs> that's been, like, leaning on his house all afternoon and uh, and he yells at them and then the ladder blows down and now all three of them are stuck on the roof we're 20 minutes in guys uh, this is what's happened in this episode so they're on the roof they're told to get down oh goodness the wind blows the ladder off the roof 
they're all stuck up there. Larry's like, well, it can't get any fucking worse than this. It's cold. It's nighttime. I'm 12 stories above the ground. Oh, fuck, lightning. Rain, torrential downpour. Yeah. I, why don't you wave to somebody in any of those apartments? Because you're surrounded by apartment complexes. Yeah. And I know people are looking. People are watching. There's probably a bunch of neighbors, like, up in their high-rises, like, calling, hey, you see over at Twin Cities? They look down. <laughs> Yeah, I'm calling Carol in a second. She's got to see this shit. Huh. Um, so they're on the roof. They're miserable. Lightning. We're in an electrical storm at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much lightning. Balky is broken down as a person. Twinkasetti is terrified and angry. And Larry, as a true photographer would, takes the opportunity to take a really good photograph. And apparently that is Twinkasetti in anguish and Balky, a broken human. Yeah. On a roof. In the rain, with the Chicago skyline behind them. Hey. I wish I could have seen that photograph. They never show it to us. I do. I really wish I could see that photo. They oh. show us Balky's lint pit painting, but they don't show us this. Hmm. For obvious reasons. But no. um, Lightning strikes and hits the uh, lightning rod, which is also on the roof of the house. Um, like, why is there a lightning rod on top of your tiny house that's surrounded by apartment buildings? Why don't you put the lightning rod on the giant apartment buildings? Brad, this building is like 24 stories. Like, this is a major building in downtown Chicago. It's huge. It's like super high. It's like a house. Like, I don't understand. Um, what I don't understand is how lightning struck it. Because if a lightning rod is working correctly, it never gets struck by lightning. Yeah. They're built to discharge the, the particles so that the connection's never made from supercharged negative particles in the sky to positive ones on the ground or vice versa. True, true. It gets struck by lighting, meaning it doesn't work. Well, it's also, like, yeah, it doesn't help that it's... I, 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 I can't believe that it's in the worst place. That house is too tiny. Like It is. Like, it makes no sense. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe these these big apartment buildings got built around this teenser little house, and now it's, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know how. <laughs> I think something's happening. You think it's like an up scenario, where Twinkasetti's family never sold the house, and now it's the only house in between all these... Definitely, definitely. Which wouldn't make sense that it would get struck by lightning because there are tons of lightning rods everywhere. Yeah, I I can't like I can't work out the physics of this episode. Lightning strikes that all hope is lost. They stand on top of the house and scream at the top of their lungs into the fury of the storm. Just children in the night <laughs> begging for save to be saved. How did they get down? I honestly don't even remember. It fades, and then it comes back up, and they're like, well, we still got out of that mess. I don't even think oh, it's Oh, that's mentioned. right. The, yeah, they do say something about uh, about the... Uh, um, yeah, because we come back, and it's later, and it's much later, and the contest is already over, and it turns out that uh, Larry uh, screwed himself over because the person that won the contest was taking a photo of the firemen helping them down. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. I, I mean, really, talk about skipping over everything that happens in the episode. <laughs> exposition, exposition, exposition. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Nothing happens. And 10th place. Larry, we've certainly learned a thing or two. And Larry's like, okay, look, Balky, don't make a big deal out of this. So I got 10th place in a Chicago photographic. It's no big deal. Don't, don't tell everyone. And Balky's like, like no. we should go buy a bunch of newspapers and show everyone like that you got 10th place. It's like, come on. we can't do that. I'm a very humble person. I'm very appreciative of the Academy of Photographers uh, giving me 10th place. Don't worry about it. 
Let's go out and do something else. Uh, they go over to the uh, closet, open it up, get their jackets out. Um, it is brimming with newspapers. Shut the door. Balky says, am I crazy? Or were there tons of newspapers in there? And Larry basically says, shh. A lot. It's about, it's about head high. Yeah, and Larry's like, oh, well, you know, I, I just want to, you know, you know, have a few for my family and friends and a lot for my enemies. High school graduation class. Time life. Like, whoa, dog. First of all, you're 10th place. Bitch of a place. sister. You're 10th place, so I don't know who you're showing what. Like, also, nobody that went to high, went to high school with you even gives a fuck or remembers you. <laughs> Why do we get, like, this weird newspaper from Chicago from, like, two weeks ago? Did your mom send this? She's always sending us weird articles, like, with our... I'm not the David who lives in Chicago. <laughs> There's oh, something it's about a photo me. contest. I don't know. There's like 20 of them here. I, again, I don't know. Uh, look at the first couple. Skip the rest. Nah, I'm not interested. Wait, did we go to high school with this dude in the first photo? Oh. Did he take first place or he's in it? Oh, I oh, guess no. it's Larry, he's, huh? Oh, wow. He's a, he's, he's a crying little baby, man. Cool. Huh. Well, nothing's changed. Let's see. Who went second and third? All right, I'm done. <laughs> exactly. Tenth <laughs> oh. place. That's the episode. That's, that's season that's two. App. That's Perfect Strangers. That is the app. Who won and who lost? Um, I honestly don't know. I guess, well, Larry won 10th place, but at what cost, Brent? <laughs> I, but who else would have, would have won? I, I, who else would have won 10th place? I'm, no, I mean, who would have won the oh, episode? the episode. Okay, my bad. Obviously, you know what? Who, you know who won? The person that took that photo of, of, yes. of Larry coming down. That unnamed person. That's a photographer who's out in the storm trying to get the best shots for no. journalism. He's going to get your job, Larry. Definitely. All right, so who lost? Um, Maybe Trinkasetti? Yeah, he didn't get to go to his poker night. He's trapped on his roof. He becomes the subject of a photograph that's only <laughs> uh, good enough for 10th place. I mean, poor he's, Twink. He's caught in a lie. All of his neighbors pointed and laughed at him. <laughs> <laughs> From the top. Yeah, the high res. Yeah. Just waiting for the day they can bulldoze that stupid little house. And is he in the third season? No, we're saying goodbye to Twinkasetti. So this is his last episode, and the last thing we see Aww. of him is him on a roof, cowering Aww. in a storm. Poor Ernie Sabella. Yeah, he lost, sadly. Trinkasetti has lost. Oh, wow. That's sad when you think about that it. That is way. sad. Well, let's talk it's about sad. best dressed, worst dressed. Okay. <sighs> maybe, I don't really know where to maybe go. Maybe Balky's outfit in the first scene where he's wearing all the stripes. <laughs> Striped shirt, plaid pants, paisley vest. It's uh, all dark colors. No contrast. No Balky. <laughs> I mean, f- nobody wears anything good in this episode. Maybe Balky's no. last outfit, where he's got kind of like the uh, the vest with like looks like snowflakes on it. <laughs> Maybe the last snowflake like vest. I don't know. I don't See, know. I was gonna throw Marianne in there because she looks normal for an '80s person. She's got on a sweater and tights and sn- shoes. Like it's a look that I think some kids would wear now. It's sweater so fuzzy though. Let me let me see, the, let me see these tights. Sweater, let me see what's going on with these tights. I mean, her outfit looks normal. It's not crazy. I really want to give worst dress to to Larry, but Balky definitely was the worst dress because fuck Larry and his... Because Larry wears the same thing in every scene. It's a sweater with a matching colored shirt underneath it, and that's weird, Larry. I think Larry's weird zip zip jacket is... I think that might be the worst. (laughs) Um, I I can go with Marianne for best dressed. It's either her or, now that I'm looking at Balky's uh, vest again, that's a cool vest, but I can't see his pants and the things that I'm looking at right now. 
So it kind of looks like a swashbuckler's um, night on the evening, like night on the town clothes. But at the same it's, time, it, I, I dig it. He's got a gray pant. I still think Marianne is the best dressed. Yeah, I'll go Marianne. I'll go Marianne. Marianne. Marianne, best dressed. What about worst dressed? I still think it's Balky, dude. Which one? You can't do that. That's a huge faux pas. The first one. Out the gate. Stripes, really? Paisley's, plaid. Yeah. You got Paisley's and plaid. Oh, I, I didn't realize. Didn't you throw in stripes? I didn't realize it was Paisley. I thought it was just like a weird, uh, uh, yeah. See? see? Uh, yeah. Like I'm with you with the other things, man. It's just, you can't do that. Yeah, I just really like that shirt. Um, But yeah, all that together, can't do it. All right. He's out. <laughs> He's out. Get rid of him. He's out. Marianne wins. Balky loses. And that's Perfect Strangers. That's Perfect Strangers. Season 2. Guys, as we said before, we're going to give Season 3 a look. We're going to watch the first one, see what happens there, like a Belvedere situation. Maybe things will change. I know uh, there's a lot of shakeups. But uh, after that, we may uh, skip over to some Punky Brewster. Oh, yeah. But we'll see. That's the future. We'll see if there's more things to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Next week we'll be uh, watching Belvedere. Yes. So that will be fun. Tune in. Indeed. Download. Fun times. Good stuff. Good food. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Ram Jack. We enjoy um, doing the show. We enjoy talking into your ear. Um, We enjoy giving you um, wonderful tips on how to make money. Yes. Yes. Brad, recently recently there was a huge lottery. A lot of people were buying tickets. I mm-hmm. told them they were idiots. You should be buying Monopoly. And they said, what the fuck are you talking about? And I said, hey, listen to the show. Correct. Um, it, it, it may be too late at this point, guys, but maybe listen back to that show and see what's up with that Monopoly game. Um, that's news you can use. Brad, there's lots of ways people can get in contact with us. One of them is to call us. Um, that number is 979 476 988 Seven seven, or what is it? What what's another way to remember it, Brad? Oh, what's another way to remember the phone number that you can call to call us and leave uh, voicemails? Well, that's a that's a simple thing to remember. That number is nine seven nine grow up seven. Boom. And we uh, have voicemail here. All right, Ramjack. This is uh, Paul Mackey. Still recovering from my cold. So I know you guys are renowned novelty hunters. So in that interest, I decided I was at the local discount store and saw the uh, Chewy Chips Ahoy with Oreo cream filling and thought, A, that's got to be gross. And B, that's novel, or at least somewhat novel. So uh, so I went and bought a pack. Um, and it's apparently an addition to their line. They have brownie fill and and fudgy sauce fill. Um, but then their their newest stuff is Oreo cream fill and birthday cake frosting fill, which just sounded even worse. Really, I I, I don't know why I went did not go for even worse, but uh, there you go. Um, so I don't know if the. Uh, Percentages are that bad. They're, they're 150 calories for two cookies and uh, 21 grams total carbs, oh. which is 7% of a daily allowance. I suppose if you only ate two of these, you're theoretically not doing too bad. I don't know, Alex, you, you might, uh, your, your mileage may vary compared to other folks, but uh, <laughs> let's see here. So we will open lift. What a heavy packaging on these over here. Oh. All right. Jonathan, pause the podcast. Now, on the outside.
outside, it doesn't look much like the box, not that you're expecting it to. Yeah, the, the box has all sorts of lovely, shiny, exposed chips and a, a really golden color. This has got sort of a, you know, it's brown, not golden. The chips are submerged. They're not really sticking out. Now inside, breaking it, yeah, there's a little puck of Oreo filling in here. Let's try that out. Okay, Jonathan, I'm eating on mic. Okay, um, I don't know what a chewy chips normally tastes like. It's been a long time since I've had one. This isn't very good. The Oreo filling in there is kind of, uh, I don't know, almost seems drier than it should be mm. compared to your typical Oreo. And uh, as I was pretty much believing it, it is far, far, far too sweet without being offset by those dark, you know, fairly, fairly less sugary, dark chocolate rounds that an Oreo is made out of. So, uh, hey guys, it's novel, but it's not that great. You can pass on Chewy Chips Ahoy Oreo Cream Filled. So, there you go. I will uh, talk to you later. This has been Paul Mackey in the upstairs rented room in Superior, Wisconsin, at the foot of the Bong Bridge. No, it doesn't look like a bong. It's just called that. It's named after somebody. Talk to you later. Bye. Named after Dr. Bong from Howard the Duck comic books. Um, Howard the Duck. Um, I'm assuming the freezer room is just too cold. He can't go in there at this temperature. Can't do it. He would Actually, be I, solid. I, I think there's no more freezer room. Uh, Paul's got a new oh. job. I think there's no more what? freezer rooms. No more freezer rooms. Get out of the freezer room. Um, but I, a whole new world. Um, thank you, Paul, honestly, because this could have got me. It, it First definitely off, could have gotten you. It could have got me in a heartbeat. Oreos? Chewy Chips Ahoy, while Paul thinks are gross, as far as manufactured soft-baked cookies are okay. He put some Oreo filling in there, and I think that's a party waiting to happen. That's a straight-up party. I would have got gotten, Paul. Thank you. Thank indeed, you. Indeed. If anyone else wants to call in and eat food on our podcast, feel free. Dude, but now I'm wondering about that birthday cake or that fudge brownie. How do you put a fudge brownie between cookies? That seems weird. That seems less weird to me than the birthday cake, because like, that sounds I want, terrible. In my mind, someone took a literal birthday cake, or like a cupcake with icing, and they took two chewy chips away and just like smashed it. I, I just like imagine, I just imagine like a chocolate chip cookie covered with buttercream frosting, and no thank you. No thank you. I'm still kind of intrigued. Um, but I, I know now that I got a review of it, I won't watch it. I'm not watch it, I won't eat it. <laughs> I will not watch that show. I'll not watch that show. Chewy Chips Ahoy with Oreo filling. Thank you it's so much. It's stolen too many of our ideas. Hmm. <laughs> it took all of our news on novelty food and turned it into a sitcom. I hate them. Fuck those fools. Yeah, I heard Katy Perry was in on it too before she passed. Oh. May she rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Again, our condolences go out to the Katy Perry estate, but... But that ghost better pay up. That ghost better pay up. She can't leave the Earth, Brad, until she's <laughs> finished her business here. Katy Perry, she's stuck. If, if you want to be able to rest in peace, then you better pay up for my shit that you stole. Give me them can she, dollars. Can she work it off as a ghost? Like, could she come on the show and be like a like? Could she help Cedric or like just to help the show out? I like. Why do you keep trying to avoid me getting money? <laughs> you keep going out of your way to keep me from getting dollars. Could she work it well, off? Maybe I, do something else. Oh, uh, uh, you know, I don't buy the book. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's whatever. Hey, listen. I need dollars. No one said not to buy the book, but I'm just trying to think if what would make the podcast more marketable. 
Katy Perry's estate giving us tons of money or us getting tons of money off having Katy Perry on the show. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Listen, I'm op- I'm open to to conversations with the uh, we'll get a Ouija board, we'll try to get in touch with Katy Perry. <laughs> um, whatever we gotta do. Uh, let's just make this happen. <laughs> Guys, there's so many other ways you can get in contact with us. There's the email, ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. Um, tweet at us. It's at ramjackpodcast. Indeed. Uh, join the Facebook group. It is a delightful place. Also, the website, ramjackpodcast.com and the wiki. Go there. And Ramjack would like to uh, send a special message to the youth, the future of our wonderful world and civilization. There will be a day when you don't have to you have a ticket to get on your electronic where you won't have to watch your siblings from the seat of a car play baseball. And best of all, no more dumpster diving!